It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're diving into your mailbag questions about everything. Regarding the Thunder, how can Josh Giddy take a massive leap this season as a score and as a player for the Thunder? Plus, where should the Thunder build their next arena? Who would win a dunk contest on this team? And so much more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Text the show 405-963-3686. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast from, including on YouTube, where you can leave a like and a comment as well on today's show brought to you by FanDuel. We're diving into your mailbag questions. Today's show, of course, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting them right now. New customers can get some great bonuses, like if you place a $5 bet, you get $200 in bonus bets back, guaranteed, win or lose. So visit Fender.com slash Lockdown, Fender.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Let's start the mailbag from Twitter at the Hansard. As much as Josh Giddy needs to improve his shooting, I think that he needs to get in the gym with Shay and work on his core strength. This is a really good uh, opinion to have about Josh Giddy. Because obviously the three-point shooting will be the catalyst and it will be what gets the most attention in regards to uh, his game, in regards to what he needs to improve upon, uh, and kind of the hyper-focus on his offensive limitation. I think that a way for him to improve offensively goes beyond just improving shooting the three ball. I think if he can get with Shea and then you'll using Shea as this uh, in the sense of mirroring what Shea has kind of evolutioned into as a score as a, a, of being an elite rim presence, an elite guy finishing around contact and through contact and getting to the free throw line. If Josh Giddy can, uh, build on what he did last year at the end of the season, what he did in FIBA uh, this summer, where he's attacking smaller guards, getting to the free throw line, and really having his way at the ring. If he's doing that, then it opens up so much of his game that goes beyond uh, just the three-point shooting that everybody harps on. If he can, if he can get to the uh, rim against these smaller guards, that is a pipeline for him to improve his points per game. And what that does is get you higher up on that scouting report. It gets you more attention from the opposing team's defense. And we know that 
it can become a pick your poison situation for the Thunder, who have so many talented players that with his already elite playmaking, he can make the right decisions. He can find the hole in the defense as you gear up to defend Josh Giddy, or you have to live with the consequences of having a smaller guard on him because you're trying to defend uh, a lengthy SGA. You're trying to defend a lengthy J-Dub. You're trying to defend uh, Chet Holmgren, and you want your better defenders on those guys. Well, someone is going to draw uh, the short straw, so to say, and draw the shorter opponent on the other team, and that oftentimes will be Josh Giddy. Can he make them pay for it? And one thing that we saw in FIBA, as well as him improving his free throw uh, rate to where he's putting up you know five or six attempts at the line in FIBA, was also his mid-range game. He, he evolutionized himself there as well. If he can harp in on that and hone in on that in the NBA, it can really change things. So it's not three-point shooting or bust for Josh Kitty. I think that if he can become a inside the arc score with his playmaking, it can offset some of that offensive deficiency due to his lack of a three point shot. And to this point, we've seen him improve that three point shot every single year to where I, I think that you have to still be optimistic about the outlook on Josh's shot while working with Chip England and, and, and improving that year over year. Cause to this point in his career, he's done just that. So it's looking up for Josh Giddy, but I do think that this question highlights the fact that um, for Josh Giddy, it's not just three point ball or bust for, for um, his offensive future. The next question comes from brother Reed 11, who is the most likely to still be around in 2029 30 with this new arena? Will it be the, the young core? Will it be Mark Agnault? Would it be Sam Presti? To me, I'll answer this in terms of most likely to be around and least likely from going from that range. So the most likely to be around as the new arena opens is Sam Presti. Sam Presti has borderline unique control over a franchise. Uh, he, obviously, he is the guy, the basketball guy of this organization. And that cannot be taken lightly where there's no mandates. There's no um, kind of ultimatums. There's no uh, step in hardly from ownership or anything else. It's your show to run. And that's very appealing. And we've also seen the kind of jobs that most GMs will be attracted to open up, come and go. And he stays put in Oklahoma city. I know Brad Stevens has done a wonderful job in Boston uh, and that they kind of shuffled him up stairs to that front office roles rather seamlessly. But if Sam Presti wanted that job in Boston, he would have gotten that job in Boston. And so to me, when that job came and went, it kind of solidified the feeling that Sam Presti just likes being in Oklahoma city and likes the uh, idea of the control he has and likes the, the fact that it's all on him like this. You cannot ever question if this team wins or loses or fails or whatever, no matter what happens with this team, no matter what iterations they go through, what eras they go through, it is Sam Presti's team. So he's not going to be inheriting anything. He's not going to have ownership step in. He's not going to have uh, sort of outside, say, trumping his decision-making. It's going to be his decision. And so like for that, I think that he'll stick around for a very long time. Again, you saw Boston open up. He didn't go there. It's hard to find the landing spot where he would go. So I, I think that Sam Presti is the most likely to stick around because there's not going to be any internal force to force him out. And we've seen some of those external persuasions open up and he doesn't go there either. Uh, and then I'll put Mark at number two 
because I do think that Mark's a really good coach. Uh, I think that he's going to prove that he is one of the better coaches in the NBA. Uh, you're not going to get that label until you coach in the postseason. But I think that if you watch him on a night in, night out basis, you can tell just how good of a coach he is already. You don't have to wait for the postseason to know that. Uh, but, you know, this is a business and it's volatile and things change all the time. But So that's why I put him at number two and not number one. But number three, and the least, 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 least likely, in fact, uh, you can probably bet a lot of money that not all four of the core will be in Oklahoma City as this new arena opens in 2029-30 season um, is the young core. The way that the NBA is, the nature of this league, where so many players change teams, so many players just randomly will ask out. I mean, the Giannis stuff this summer has relatively came out of nowhere uh, of him wanting out of Milwaukee or teasing a soft launch of a trade demand where he's somewhat acting like he wants out, somewhat saying, yeah, I never said I wanted out. I just said I want to compete, which no duh, everybody wants to compete. So there's not really a point to to mention it. So like the soft launch that we're seeing from Giannis, the Dame stuff with Portland, we see as the sand turns through the hourglass, the days of our lives of the NBA, we see that guys ask out all the time. Uh, and then you have the, the, the to factor in salary cap, you have to factor in uh, max extensions. And so when you, when you add it all up and tabulate it all up, I would put a lot of money down that not all four of SGA, Josh Giddy, J-Dub, and Chet Holmgren will be in Oklahoma City when this new arena opens. It'd be wonderful if all four of them were, but it's just the very, very, very uh, least likely scenario between trades, between contracts, between uh, just disgruntlement, uh, who knows what can happen in the NBA? The other two positions, you know, head coach and GM, are are more stable, especially whenever you don't have ownership um, dipping in and stepping in and, and, and overstepping th- those boundaries of ownership versus basketball operations. So I, I think that it's for sure least likely that the players would all be here with that new arena uh, should it pass on December 12th. Coming up, we'll talk more about that new arena. Where should it go? Plus, some interesting games of true or false, and who is set to have the biggest breakout on this Thunder team. But first, once here right now, pretty good friends over at FanDuel, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Check it out today. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on gets you some great bonuses. Let's start with this bonus. If you're a new customer and you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, if you put in a $5 bet, you get $200 in bonus bets back guaranteed, win or lose, with that $5 bet. That is just free money that you can get for having some fun on FanDuel where you can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Check it out today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Check it out today to kick off the NFL season. They're an official partner of the NFL and you can go try it today with Monday Night Football. This is an, a week where you have a double header of Monday Night Football. You have the Saints and Panthers uh, t- kicking off tonight. You can bet on that and also the Browns and Steelers. Let's go Panthers plus three on Monday Night Football. Bryce Young's debut in Carolina. You can go bet on it with me at fandle.com slash locked on, fandle.com slash locked on. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. 
TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball at Okie Hokie Sports. Ask, true or false, if Chet Holmgren tried, he could dunk a basketball by doing a handstand and placing the ball in the basket with his feet within 10 attempts. This is false. This is absolutely false. Uh, I would love for training camp to roll around and Chet proves me wrong here, but I just have to see it to believe it. I think that uh, it's very tough to do. I think that when you're the, the nature of the handstand would make the ball roll off of his feet to where he couldn't get it uh, into the rim, nice and neat, like a dunk. I just don't think that this could happen. So I'm going to say false. He's, I think long enough to do it. Obviously. But the logistics of the, the the handstand ball on the foot, foot to the rim dunk. And you have to worry about how does he get it up there, right? And is there an unfair advantage? Like who's placing the ball on his feet? Are you, are you on stilts at that point to get the ball on his feet? Are you on a ladder? What's the angle of the ball resting upon the sneakers? How far away? Are you tracking him from the rim? So is he allowed to just handstand in the restricted area, latch his toes onto the rim, and then the ball is placed? Or does he have to work toward the rim with the ball on his feet uh, during the handstand? So with all those logistics, false. He could not do this. He could not do this. Again, media day, training camp, it's right around the corner. He can try to prove me wrong, but he cannot do that. At MK underscore uh, product 82, who will have the biggest leap on this team this, uh, this next season? I'm going to say it's either Usman Jang or Josh Getty. I could also throw Poku in here, but I think that Poku wouldn't necessarily be a leap. It would be a continuation upon what we already saw him do this past season, only stretched out across the entire year. Like if 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 we saw Poku take a leap this year to me, the only leap I could see Poku taking would be grabbing hold of that November stretch that he had last year and having that November stretch every month of the season, which would be a good sustained leap, but we've already seen it happen. It would just be staying healthy and playing at that level, a leap still, but not the biggest because we've seen it happen with, with Usman Jang. He could, he could really have a season in which, he is a priority rotational piece that you want to play every single night that helps you win basketball games. And that's not what he was last year. I mean, he got hurt last year. He was playing in the G League last year at times, which is part of their normal uh, developmental track. But even in the G League games, there were moments where he flashed his incredible potential that, that earned him that lottery selection. There were moments where he just kind of was there. And so it wasn't a consistent year from him in any regard. I think that he's had a really good summer. Uh, I, I think that he's that he's been able to improve his game. And I think that this year, with what he brings to the table, both um, as a playmaker and especially as a defender, it can earn Mark's trust very quickly uh, as he shuffles and explores this roster and eventually level off to where you see him as 
a mainstay of the rotation, and that's just a, a huge leap from where he was last year. With Josh Giddy, again, the continuation as a score of, of improving as a score could really help his perception become a leap because he did improve last year, but it got overshadowed a lot by J-Dub and by uh, the, the team improvement. But but his improvement individually got a little bit overshadowed where you can see that kind of now at the forefront this year and not get as overshadowed. Next question from at J underscore Eaton 14. What does Chet have to do this year for Sam Presti to go all in on this core next summer? So it's not all on Chet, obviously, but if this if this young core was good enough that after a 16-win improvement last year, they take yet another massive jump in wins. Like I know that the Thunder fans got spoiled last year seeing your team improve by 16 games. That's abnormal. Even five games is a very good jump in wins. If they saw this team jump to like a top four seed this year, I think that you could see next summer being like, okay, only a couple years left of Shea's contract. Um, in a small market like this, you have to hope for the best and prepare for the worst and maximize the window that you know for sure that you have with Shea. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the the, the contracts of Josh Giddy and Chet and J-Dub uh, are, are eventually going to be uh, due up soon as well. So at some point, you have to push that, that button, so to say. But when you say all-in, I'm not sure that this team ever makes an all-in move to the Dame, Giannis, one-of-one uh, one superstar level. I think that this team's all-in move, if it progresses and tracks and the players develop like we think that they will, could be Cam Johnson, Michael Bridges, someone who's a really tremendous upgrade to round out their starting five at the cost of some depth, but also is not Giannis. So it depends what you mean by all in, but I could, I could see a world. I could realistically see a world where we're sitting here in July and we have a classic wake up at 2 AM to a Woj notification that has jolted the city of with excitement of unexpected uh, transactions for the thunder if they can make another win leap this year which is very very plausible but it's hard to know exactly what all in means with this team because they might be good enough to where all in mean all in just means you get a nice rotational piece at c ray how likely is it that the two that we have two players in Oklahoma City that average 20 points per game? And who would it be most likely, either Chet or J Dub? So I would say that it's it's pretty likely that the Thunder could have a, a 20 point per game score alongside Shea. And of those two, Chet or J Dub, you have to respect J Dub because he's already done it in the NBA. And we have not seen Chet Holmgren even play an NBA game yet. So like you have to give him a little bit of the leg up, obviously. But with that being said, the pathway for Chet Holmgren to rack up easy points and inflate his point per game number is easier. Jadab can do this too with his amazing cuts and, and his ability to uh, be in the right place at the right time. But the actions you can put Chet in as a pick and pop guy, as a pick and roll guy in the dunker spot, uh, as a trailer uh, in transition, which we know the Thunder love to play the pace. They were the third best paced 
uh, pace last year. Uh, love to get in transition and on those transition attempts just to just kind of dump it back and pitch it back to Chet for three uh, can really inflate his numbers as well. There's so many avenues that you could see Chet Holmgren scoring the ball to where I would I would put him in the second most likely to get 20-point-per-game uh, stature, even though he hasn't played an NBA game yet, just because of how you have to anticipate him being used. But J-Dub is also, of course, a viable option for this. And we've talked about Josh Kitty's offense today too. So uh, it's exciting to see kind of what the next step is for this Thunder offense. Now, where would you put the new arena? Ask Joe and Nez. So I, I can't say that I am a architect or a marine biologist or anything other than a podcaster, but the best idea I've heard would be at the old Cox Center, which is now Perry Surf Studio, which I have heard they have a new home. I don't want to, I don't know where it's going to be at, but I know that they're moving uh, from the old Cox Center uh, to a more kind of permanent residency. I think that you can put it right in that plot of land and it would work really well because that, that area of Oklahoma city has some really good infrastructure around it to of course support an arena. Uh, and then you have another functioning arena right next door to really help you out with hosting other events uh, like the all-star game, for example, like summer leagues, for example, uh, and things of that nature. Plus just like it's, it's going to be good to have that anyway, but I think that's a great place for an arena. And that's probably just biased of, of, having that be the arena my entire life. But uh, for me, that's the best answer I can give you. I'm sure someone who has a more uh, well-versed grip on the map of Oklahoma City can tell you a better spot to put it. But I would like it in that spot, which is where uh, I've kind of heard some some rumblings uh, of where it can, could possibly end up being. But the vote, of course, will be December 12th to decide if it even gets built. So I'm sure we'll learn more as that draws closer or as that gets resolved here in the coming months. Coming up, we're going to answer more of your mailbag questions. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode like tomorrow where we're going to give you five burning questions that have to be answered this season for the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's tomorrow's show. We also have a couple good guests lined up for this week. And then on Friday... We're going to do the best case scenario for this Thunder season. If everything were to break perfectly for the Thunder, what would it look like? We'll do that on Friday. Still on Twitter at 2Cool1. The Thunder will lose a few good players for nothing or at least very little. Uh, They have too many good players and they cannot keep them all. Who is the best player that the Thunder will let, let walk? I think it'll be Poku. Yeah, okay, look, Poku, great guy, fan favorite. Losing Poku for very little or nothing isn't even a blip on the radar and is not enough to lose a wink of sleepover. Like, that is not the example of this. The Thunder could get to this point where they are losing quality pieces for diminishing returns, but they're not even on the precipice of this yet. And you can highlight that by what was the majority... I mean, I know we like to do revisionist history now with, with hindsight being 2020 and, and having seen their sophomore seasons play out. But if I if I pulled the majority of you this time last year, what was your thought on Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl? And even after a couple of these, these brilliant scoring displays Trey Mann had in the preseason against Adelaide and against, uh, I believe it was Denver, Adelaide and Denver in the preseason that Trey Mann just went off scoring the basketball in the preseason, people were openly on Twitter saying that Trayman was going to win most improved player or six man of the year. That was in the preseason of last year. And now he's on the roster bubble. And now many of you want to see him be one of the guys that get the ax before, you know, the season opens up. And I say that not to bash on Trey man or Jeremiah Robinson Earl, but just to say right now we all have this rosy, incredible, vision for what these guys are going to progress into right now every player will hit their ceiling it's going to be sunshine and rainbows and the thunder have the the best young core we've ever seen in our entire lives the best collection of talent but it doesn't always work out that way like it looks on paper you're going to see injuries you're going to see regression you're going to see guys just not being good that you think are good That's just the nature of the business. So like the Thunder are not at that point where they're going to lose very good players for nothing. They might lose role players for nothing. They might lose quality bench depth pieces in case of emergency players for nothing. But very good players, they will not lose for nothing. We have yet to kind of see a very good player get lost for nothing. Now you can talk about the James Harden thing. But I, I just think that that was totally a different context than they had too many good players. But they just happened to make a bad trade. Now, a bad trade can happen, but it won't be a product of you had too many good players to made a bad trade. It's just you made a bad trade if that were to happen again. And again, Poku is not a player that it would be uh, losing a good player for nothing. I hope that he can become a good player as you... Uh, see his career progress, but it's not gotten to that point yet. And 
I think that it is likely to answer your question that Poku, if you were going to count him as a player that you consider good, that you lose for nothing, Poku is the next man up on that list because he's entering restricted free agency after this season. And I don't think that there's going to be necessarily a contract for him uh, to this point before the season ends. And once you hit restricted free agency, anything can happen. So the fact that we haven't seen an extension for him yet leads me to believe that we won't see one until you know we'll, we'll let the season play out if you're the Thunder until you get to uh, the summertime and then he's a free agent and then do you match do you match a contract? Do you try to make something work? What do you do at that point if you're Sam Bresti? Uh, but so it gets kind of messy there. So I would say that Poku is like the next up where you might lose him for nothing. You might trade him at the deadline uh, for something uh, relatively small like you saw Baisley who was about to enter restricted free agency. He got traded for Dario Saric at the deadline. You could see that happen again uh, with Poku, but he's not someone that I would worry about as much as we all like him and, and have high hopes for him. He's just not someone that you, you should spend time worrying about right now. Uh, John Serena asks, is there any chance of Thunder trade for a significant role player by the deadline? I think that there's absolutely a chance that they trade for a role player. Significant, obviously, tough to judge. Would you consider Dario Sarge last year a significant role player? Or would you just consider him a guy that, that, that they brought in? Uh, depending on your answer to that would depend on the, the answer to this question. But that's the entire point of this is to make trade deadline moves. When 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 you see the Thunder amass like 50 billion second round picks, it's not to draft 50 billion second rounders. It's to use at the trade deadline. Because we see every year... If, quality veterans like George Hills of the world go at the deadline almost every year for a couple seconds and you move on about your life. They can also be used to get off of massive contracts. And so when you are piecing together this trade deadline, find me the good veteran on a, on a failing team that uh, said team wants to move on from you give them two second round picks and Davis Bertans. They shut down Davis Bertans. Uh, they cut them next year for $5 million. That next team does. And then the Thunder in return get a nice veteran to help them in their first playoff series run, hopefully. So I think this will happen. And this likely could happen for the Thunder at the deadline. Uh, at Talking Thunder, any advice for rookie podcasters? Uh, repetitions need those because your first podcast is going to suck. Everyone's does. You're not going to come out of the gate as Howard Stern or Dan Patrick or anyone else. You're going to evolve as you continue to try new things and 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 record new things. Uh, consistency, obviously, of just like if you are going to say that your show's on Monday and Friday, then post it Monday and Friday. Uh, and then just find out what kind of podcaster you want to be. Do you want to be super, super serious or super, super nerdy or super funny or uh not care, overly care, be rage-filled, be logical. Where do you want to do with your vibe? And then listen to your own podcast and listen to other people's podcasts and learn and pick up on what you do right and wrong and what other people do right and wrong and kind of adjust from there as well. Uh, that's kind of all there is to it, really, <laughs> for, for uh, making it sound a little bit too simple, but that's kind of all there is to it uh, in terms of like baseline advice. Uh, Planet Ball from Reddit. So we're going to get a couple Reddit questions in. We'll do more of these Reddit questions uh, later on this week. But Planet-Ball, uh, Planet -ball. how many lottery picks will the Thunder end up with this year? So the Thunder, of course, technically have four first-round picks. The worst of the picks will go to Denver. The worst one of those picks will go to Denver. So let's kind of predict what that will look like. Uh, the Rockets 
will not be any better than the play-in and will likely be worse than the play-in. But either way, if they're not going to get past the play-in, they're going to be in the lottery. So Rockets in the lottery. The Jazz, I cannot see being better than the play-in. They're in the lottery. Then that leaves the Thunder and the Clippers. The worst of those two picks will go to Denver. Uh, and then you could see either one of these teams being in the play-in tournament because of how tough the West is. You could also see both of these teams being in the top six. So I'll say two and a half is the over-under, and I'd probably take the under and just say two uh, lottery picks this year for the Thunder. But uh, we'll see. It's going to be fun to track all the way through because this draft is going to be fun um, to kind of uh, kind of iron out, so to say, because the narrative a couple months ago was it's going to be the worst draft class in a long time. And now people are kind of warming up to the draft as as these players get closer to playing in their pro seasons and in college seasons as well. We saw the Ignite versus uh, Perth with Alex Saar, Alleviasar's uh, uh, brother, and Ron Holland looked incredible as well. So those two guys have really stolen the show these last couple of days. So the draft is going to look a lot better now than we thought it would. And having two lottery picks is very important for this Thunder team. The last question for today is from The Week on Reddit. Who wins in a dunk contest on the current roster? Trey Mann, without question. Like I think that Trey Mann would absolutely uh, demolish anyone on the current roster. J-Dub could be a threat in the dunk contest. And I, and I say this about Trey Mann while admitting I'm interested to see what Keontae Johnson brings to the table. Uh, you know, we're getting to see these guys dunk in practice and warm-ups and stuff. Keontae Johnson, keep an eye on him. He could be the new answer after we see training camp and everything. But as of this moment, with my own eyes, what I can set, tell you, Trey Mann would win in a dunk contest. But Keontae Johnson could be sneaky in that category as we see this season unfold. But thank you so much for listening. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.